0: This is the new Metro New York Market.
1: Zach Romanoff, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
0: Thank you, Jonathan.
1: I'm really excited to chat with you today. I always, um, I always enjoy talking with leaders in different types of organizations and in different industries and sectors, and today we're going to have a chance to really talk about your company Omni Foods, uh, Omni Food Sales, and learn more about human capital and leveraging people and teams uh, within the food industry. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, as I haven't had a lot of exposure to that in the past. As we get started, I just want to share Zach's um, bio with the listeners so everyone can learn a little bit more about him. Zach Romanoff is president of Omni Food Sales, the premier food brand advocate that works with food brands to increase sales and distribution in the metro New York marketplace. Zach was exposed to the food industry from early on and grew up with a strong understanding of how it operates, from picking orders in the refrigerator warehouse to making deliveries as a truck driver's assistant to gathering um, with customers at events. Zach understands the priorities of principals and customers. Over many years, as Zach observed firsthand from his father and other key mentors, the importance of relationships. Zach graduated from the University of Connecticut and received his master's degree from um, Manhattanville College. He then worked his way up in the company, learning all the angles of Omni, from retail to customer service and account management. Zach now runs the day-to-day operations of Omni. Um, that's a really cool uh, story about, a really cool background about your your trajectory and education and moving up in the company, taking on um, the lead role. And that's, that's really awesome. And I love, you know, how that conveys to people, you know, that it's anyone can really, learn and grow and rise up and and have the opportunity to have tremendous impact and influence as they go throughout the career. So I really applaud you uh, for for your efforts there.
0: Thank you. Yes, it's been a journey. It's been a progression. Uh, I was not the leader that I am now overnight. It's certainly developed. I developed my skills over the years with my experiences with different people.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, so today I think we'll, we'll focus primarily on how to leverage uh, human capital within um, within the food industry and how you do it within your company and I do like I liked in your bio how it talks specifically about mentors and relationships how you how you understood and, and learned early on how important and key that is to, uh, to growth personal growth and successfully leading people so maybe we can start there. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the type of mentorship you received and, and maybe any examples of key relationships you had that really helped launch you uh, and has, have helped you to be a successful leader?
0: Sure. Yes, I've been blessed to have a lot of exposure and experience with some really smart, compassionate, and, uh, and successful people. started with my father. My father founded both companies around the time I was born. So literally as a young kid, I got to grow up with a father that was an entrepreneur that was starting two companies, a distributor and Omni Food sales And the lens that I saw this was not the normal lens that a regular kid has growing up. Uh, sure, I grew up in Westchester County, which is a nice part of New York, but I spent more time in the South Bronx and I met more people in the South Bronx than I did in Westchester. I mean, I've been going to the South Bronx since I was six years old, and I'm talking the South Bronx. I'm talking Bruckner Boulevard. I'm talking the Hunts Point co-op market, the largest food co-op market in the world. So for a young six-year-old kid to see tractor trailers and all the stuff that comes with that, being around truck drivers, being around warehouse workers, being around stores, being in the backs of stores in my formative years, you know, I was developing and seeing things that other people just weren't. So having a a front row seat to watching my father undoubtedly gave me an edge because I got to see what it took to be the boss, what it took to be the leader. You know, when there's an issue, when there's a snowstorm, people don't want to come in. What do you do to make sure the work still gets done? Or what do you do to make sure that the deadlines are still met? And all the other meetings and negotiations and just flat out leadership that a leader basically always has to be on and always has to be showing the best setting the best example for their team. So I learned a tremendous amount from my father about strategy, about what things to do, about what things not to do, and and learning from him has really given me a strong base. So I saw that all growing up. And then as I became an adult and began working full time, Omni was ran by uh, an old meat butcher named Jimmy Aiello. And he was uh, as tough as they come. He served in Vietnam, he was the meat butcher for 100 stores, and he was a physical uh, force. You know, he was a big guy. Um, he, no one messed with him. I mean, he was a guy that, that got his way, and he was the smoothest. He was a real gentleman, and I got to shadow him for four years and got to go on dozens of calls with him and got to see how you present a product and how you not just rush into what it is that you want, But, you know, walk into that meeting just as slow as you're going to walk out. You know, be polite, ask someone how they're doing, build a rapport, and people can tell from the offset if you're genuine or not. You know, you've got to be a real person. People can see right through you, and it takes years to build a reputation, and you could lose it in one instance if you betray someone's trust or promise something and then it doesn't come through, or you do something that's not ethical. And I think we're seeing that a lot now with corruption and lies and people don't want that. People want peace of mind. They want to know that they can trust someone and they want to know that if they give someone that business, that it's going to be enough for that person to be reasonable. So Jimmy had a a whole bunch of sayings. I mean, the first one is he was up at the crack of dawn. I swear he was up at 3 a.m. most mornings because as an old meat butcher, you were up that early and he was in our office at 5 or 6 a.m. And at the beginning, you know, if I came in the office and I came in at seven fifteen, he would say, "Oh, good afternoon, Zach. how you doing?" You know, mocking me that he was there for two hours already, and here I am at seven fifteen So he really drilled into me that strong work ethic, you know put in the hours, don't let anyone uh, knock that you're not putting the work in yourself again, leading by example. so Jimmy was an unbelievable mentor unfortunately he uh he caught leukemia and had to retire after my fourth year with him, and, and he was gone. So um, there were some other mentors along the way. I actually, you know, had some other people that I recruited to come in and be a mentor of me that I brought in um, from the industry. There was another gentleman named Rich Anderson that was a financial guru. I mean, we called him the engineer. From him, I really learned the importance of sound numbers and sound financial analysis. and having claims that back up what you're talking about you know a lot of people in sales are just blowing hot air they're talking what's good for them but are they really backing it up with the insights and the numbers and from rich i learned how to make numbers part of your argument and make that part of your insight and that's how people will respect you even more you know from my father i learned about being a leader from jimmy i learned about how you actually do the work how you actually sell command attention and then from rich the numbers, and then I had other mentors that showed me other, you know, advanced ways of selling. And if you put all these things together, you know, and there were other people that were not even at Omni that I spent a lot of time with that were experts in their field. And I was fortunate enough to soak up, enough, soak up a lot from them. Even though it wasn't in the food industry, I learned skills from other people. I'm also an avid reader. I love reading books about successful entrepreneurs and seeing how people started with nothing and build it up to something. So I've I've been fortunate to have a lot of great mentors, put them all together and you get me. And I am someone that is a lot of people's worst nightmare because a lot of people think that, okay, family business, he was handed the reins from his father. And a lot of people are envious from the outset and think that I'm just another dope that doesn't know how to work. And I've met a lot of people like that, that are born into wealth, that have a lot of money that don't essentially have to work for it or earn it but i mean like i said i grew up going to the south bronx i grew up going to the hunts point meat market this is a place where grown men you know in certain areas are uh, are not going to i mean it's a tough area so i grew up there i worked with people from all sides of the spectrum so i'm i'm able to converse with, with sons and daughters of millionaires and billionaires and i'm also have the wherewithal and the self-awareness to talk to minimum wage employees in supermarkets and relate to them and get things done with both sides of the spectrum. And I know that there's not a lot of people like that. That's what makes me unique. Um, And I've also got my own set of values and feelings about people, about capital that uh, to me, people comes first. I mean, I saw from watching my father, he had a really close team around him. He had, I mean, he had, Experienced professionals that he could count on, and of course, you need to have one vision, but one person can't do it alone. I learned that early on. You've got to have people all around you that can execute your demands and then fill in for you because one person can't be in three places at the same time.
1: I love all that. Thanks for sharing, um, and and that's tremendous that you have so many great mentors in your life, uh, and that you were able to gain so much experience at a, such a young age and then build upon that as you as you uh, went along. Uh, and and you spoke to the importance of being able to relate to anyone that you're interacting with, right? Um, so in your industry, you know, you have the, the shopkeepers and you have the minimum wage workers, but you also have – you're a CEO, so you're running a big company and you're interfacing with big clients. And you have to be able to relate to everyone and talk to them where they're at uh, and be genuine, be ethical. I think all of those are really key elements. Um, now many people, um, most people don't, you know, have the opportunity to be mentored the way you were early in life. Um, because of your father and starting the business, the family business, um, but you certainly are a great example of how you've leveraged all sorts of mentoring types of relationships and how you focus on relationships throughout your life as you continue to, to get your experience gain your education, grow into your role as CEO um, what, what would you what would be any advice that you might have for individuals who are seeking ways to create meaningful mentorship relationships um, that that are looking for ways to better understand how to develop strong relationships?
0: I would say number one is reach out. Number one is show the effort and actually reach out. You know, I have been relentless in contacting people in different industries and you may have to try for a few months, you may have to try more than one time, but by and large, you'll be surprised. There are a lot of people that, that that wanna share their experiences and their expertise and what they've learned because it's, a lot of people have a sense of giving back and paying it forward and giving it to the next generation. What I've seen a lot is a lot of people that don't know where to start. Maybe they weren't trained. Maybe they, don't, they weren't taught from someone to be fearless. Say, hey, it's okay. You can admit you don't know everything and you can ask this person to meet with you for coffee and just talk and see where it goes. I've met with dozens of people just for coffee. When I was young, I just met. I didn't have anything specific that I wanted from them I just asked them and I met with them and I got to see different things different pieces from everyone and when you take these little pieces from all these people and you put them together it's what forms one's vision so I've seen a lot of people that don't have the self-confidence to admit that they're afraid to ask someone for help but people need to realize I mean Running a business is hard. Being a successful business person is hard. I see a lot of people that try to act like they have it all figured out and they know everything and they they act like they can't ask for help. But that couldn't be further from the truth. We're all vulnerable. I run into things. I need to run things by people every couple of days. And it's also good to get other people's opinions and thoughts. So number one is that, is don't be afraid to start. Number two is, is read. You know, living in the generation that we live in now, having Google, you could do deep dives into almost anything, whether it's, you know, checking out Howard Schultz or checking out or following an article or a story or a case, you could check multiple sources and then you could form your own opinion based on what's going on. The power of the internet is incredible. We could, we could virtually become experts at anything now by spending the time in reading and researching. And I say third is read books I mean there are some really successful entrepreneurs that have put in their autobiographies stories of what they overcame and how they did it Howard Schultz is is an example from the ground up Um, there are countless other books that I have read that I mean I save and they're they're so important to me and I refer to them time and time again because you you realize that you're not alone when you're dealing with the problems that an entrepreneur deals with. There are people that have dealt with worse and far worse. So use your resources, read books, um, and and reach out and find the people that you want to talk to.
1: That's great advice, and I completely agree. I think so many people just miss out on meaningful opportunities to engage with those around them, uh, whether it's people within their own uh, organization that can be mentors. Or like you said, reaching out to people in other companies and in other industries. And my experience has also been like yours, where most people, I mean, people are super busy for sure, but most people do like to give back and they like to be able to share their, their wisdom and, and they that, that's meaningful to them, to be able to do that, to have that opportunity. And when they see someone who's hungry and excited to learn, they're, they're more likely to, to spend that time. Uh, with you. So great advice. Um, So thinking about human capital now within your organization, you know, we've talked about the importance of relationships, whether it's formal or informal mentorship, uh, mentoring types of relationships, but just the relationships generally within our teams, um, within our organizations, we need to learn how to better develop those relationships, and we need to learn how to better leverage the human capital potential of our people so that we can drive really awesome, amazing outcomes for the organization. Uh, Better innovations, more uh, higher levels of performance, better customer engagement and retention, uh, so on and so forth. What are some of the things that you do at Omni to help people develop those relationships and to leverage human capital?
0: I'd say number one, we identify each other as people. And we spend a significant amount of time not just going over the to-do list and what the tasks are, but for me, I like to personally know what's going on in the lives of my key team members and seeing if I can help them with anything, if I can be of assistance. You know, everyone's dealing with different things. And when we go to work, you know, you might just take it as, well, someone's being moody or someone's not giving me what I need, what's wrong? And it may take you talking to that person one-on-one to identifying and realizing something else that's not related to you that's influencing the way that they're going to work. So I feel like a leader needs to have vision and you need to be aware with what's going on with all your people at all times. You know, you can't just go through a to-do list and act like everyone's here, you know, treating this the same way. Everyone has their own things that are taking them away, whether it's kids, whether it's family, whether it's you know, business with family—it could be a myriad of things. Um, and you just have to be compassionate as a leader. You know, the leader—I—I uh, I heard a while ago about servant leadership, that a leader is supposed to serve his people, and the leader should be giving to his people. And it's not really taught everywhere. You know, there's this mantra that the leader needs to be—you know—and and, and Jim Collins' Good to Great—they talk about certain leaders that were like the bullies that would put everyone in headlocks, that would just force everyone, bend them with their will to go the way that they wanted to go. But what they found was that as soon as that leader was gone, the company failed because no one knew what to do and no one was empowered to take things to the next level. So I'm very big on um, empowering others. I want other people to make decisions. I want them to be fast, You know, to uh, have a high speed that we operate with, And I I give a good amount of trust to my team members. I mean, we also do some other things. We also do a lot of team building. You know, we, we get out of the office. We do a lot of things outside the office where, hey, I know we're always talking about the POs and the orders and the distributions, but let's get outside of all that. Let's get outside. Let's strip all that away. And let's just see how we're doing as people. And let's go to a ball game or let's go to a restaurant as a team, as a group, and let's just shoot it around and let people talk and let our hair down and be who we are as people. I mean, another great takeaway from the Jim Collins good to great is communication is where I think like 80% of all problems in a company originate from, which means it's not about one person understanding something and another person not. More often than not, people understand the right ideas. What happens more often than not is people don't communicate what they need or want from their team members. I call it the C word. And my team probably gets tired of me talking about it because whenever there's something that comes up, I just put my hand up and I say, the C word, if we fixed our communication, this would not be an issue. So, uh, and, and I believe that the more we know each other as people, the better our communication gets. You know, psychology is a big part of it. And if you're not wanting to talk to someone because you don't like them, you're not going to be inclined to want to communicate with them more frequently than you would with someone that you get along great with and have a lot in common. with. So to me, it's about, you know, we get out once a quarter. We do as a team. Obviously, through COVID, we haven't been able to, but we've been doing our online meetings much more frequently. And our team is actually closer now than it was before COVID because we're jumping on Zooms multiple times a week and we're all here for each other. It's kind of wild because even though we were in the same office physically for so long, you'd be surprised how people put up walls. And now that everyone is remote, you know, information is flowing even faster.
1: I love that. Um, I love your focus on servant leadership. I love your focus on um, building relationships, stronger communication. Uh, I think ultimately what it comes down to I mean, so much of leadership is very, very difficult. As you mentioned, leadership is hard and you constantly have a weight on your shoulders and you have pressures from all sides. It's hard work, but successful leadership also isn't rocket science. Like there's some pretty basic principles um, that if if implemented consistently will lead to effective leadership. Uh, You've already mentioned several of them. Build trust, build relationships, be ethical, uh, be people focused, uh, help empower your people. You know, these are the types of things that if we make an effort towards it, a sustained effort over time, then we will gain that trust. We will have people that um, in our teams that can leverage their own capabilities, competencies, skills, knowledge to be able to help drive the organization to greater success. And that's what we need. We need to, to develop people like that. Um, wonderful discussion today i we could go on and on and on i but i we're about out of time i appreciate all of your insights um before we go though i want to give you a chance to share with the listeners how they can get in contact with you and how they can learn more about you
0: oh well uh omni food sales is our company it's omnifoodsales.com and my instagram linkedin facebook is all zach romanoff and um, our youtube is omni
1: food sales Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Zach. I encourage my listeners to reach out, learn more about your company, get connected with you. Um, And it has truly been a pleasure. And I hope everyone stays healthy and safe and that you all have a great week.